Thank you very much, John. Thank you for your warm welcome. It's lovely to be with you all again this morning. And um, it, it was quite a nice journey here because I think most people wanted to stay in bed this morning, so the roads were empty. I come from Bridgewater, and uh, it was uh, a, pl- a pleasant journey. Praise I feel led to share some thoughts on the subject of peace this morning. And we'll read, first of all, from the chapter before the chapter that John read from, John's Gospel, chapter 14. And... Um, <clears throat> we may feel that there's a tremendous lack of peace in our lives today, not just in wars and uh, places like the Ukraine and so on, but um, uh, within society, within our families, within our own hearts, there seems to be so little cause for real peace. Um, The world seems to be getting worse and worse at the moment. And it's into that situation that we uh, are thinking this morning, and exactly the same was happening to the disciples. Here, John 14. I think we'll read from verse um, uh, 15. John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 15. And here's the Lord. He's talking to his disciples when they were far from a sense of peace. There was an apprehension. There was a fear. There was... uh, a sense that their whole world was collapsing. They trusted that Jesus would be the Messiah, that he was the one who had been long foretold by the prophets. They'd followed him. They'd risked their own reputations and their own lives even, particularly with their families and the places where they lived, the disciples and the other followers of Jesus. And here in the upper room, just before the Lord is going to be arrested, betrayed and arrested, He talks to them about peace. So let's just uh, enter into that conversation, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another uh, counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace 
I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And just one other verse before we open up our subject this morning from Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 4 where Paul says this, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the Lord was promising those who listen to him and accept him and love him and follow him will have a peace that's going to be very, very different from what the world knows. And it's going to be a peace that you don't really understand. How can we have this quality of peace deep within us when everything around us is collapsing? When there seems to be difficulties in every direction? You don't understand how you can be so peaceful. So it, it, it's something that the Lord had promised that we're going to have. By the way, I've got a set of notes about this um, subject this morning, and I'll leave them at the back. Um, so uh, you, you'll, you'll find all the references on them. Now, this peace that the Bible talks about and the Lord Jesus is promising to those who follow him, he said it's not like the world. It's not what the world gives. And uh, you know the sort of peace that the world gives. Um, the term has started now for the kids at school, but if any of you were involved with children in holiday time, I'm sure you said um, <clears throat> when they went back to school, oh, thank goodness for a little bit of peace and quiet. Mind you, the school teachers saw it the other way around. Uh, and uh, that's the way it goes. Um, the world talks about a, a sort of an absence of any trial or trouble. Uh, you know, you go, family goes away in the morning to work or to school, and uh, you think, oh, I can put my feet up now, make a cup of coffee, and uh, <clears throat> just enjoy uh, a little bit of peace and quiet. And you can be sure as anything that you just get that ready, and the doorbell will go, or the phone will ring, or something will happen. And it's a little bit like Jeremiah said in his prophecy, they will say, peace, peace when there is no peace. This idea that the world has of peace is very illusory. It's something that you can't really grasp. It doesn't happen. Just when you think you've got it, there's something that's going to take it away again. That's going to mess it up. But the Lord said, the peace I'm going to give you is not what the world is talking about. There's a quality of peace that comes from the Lord that we don't really understand, that the world knows nothing about, but is promised to everyone that follows Jesus. And I'm suggesting this morning that we need to review that piece again and say, in a world that's collapsing, in a world that the anger is rising up, in a society that almost seems to be ungovernable, in a world where we don't know what's going to happen next, we need to be sure that we have that peace that passes all understanding that the world knows nothing about. It's part of the, what we call the fruits of the Spirit. And when the, uh, the individual receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and we accept that he died for us and that 
we want him as, as our, our saviour and as our friend, then the Holy Spirit, that wonderful third person of the Trinity, comes into our lives, we just read about that, and brings all sorts of fruitfulness into our lives. If you like, the fruitfulness that the Holy Spirit brings in is Christian character, Christ-likeness. And peace is one of those. Love, joy, peace, and so on. There are many fruits of the Spirit. It's the quality of life that's a reflection of Jesus' life, and only the Holy Spirit can bring it. So when we come to peace that the Holy Spirit is going to give us in our hearts, which is not like the world has and knows about, it's best described with a beautiful Jewish word called shalom. I think that word sounds nice. And, and that's what we're talking about. So what is shalom? What's the real meaning of shalom, which is the biblical idea of peace? It, it's a holistic word. It means there is a completeness, there is a, a, a sense that we are we, we're where we should be. That uh, body, mind and spirit, we're complete. Nothing is breaking it up. We're exactly where God wants us to be. Shalom. There's an inner wholeness, an inner healing, an inner fullness. Something that's very real deep inside. It's a state of heart and soul and mind that God intended us to be. That we're not easily swayed by all sorts of distractions around. We have shalom. So how do we get that shalom? Well, the Holy Spirit brings it, but we have our part to play. And shalom, this holistic wholeness, this inner peace, this all-pervading quality, uh, it comes, um, it always broken, I should say, by barriers. We're going to look at three areas of barriers that might be taking away our peace this morning. First of all, there uh, can be horizontal barriers between us and God. And if we have barriers between us and God, then we do not have this peace that passes all understanding. Secondly, there are vertical barriers between us and other people. And if we have barriers within our relationships with others, then the shalom is broken. And there's a third area that takes away our peace, our shalom, our wholeness. And that is internal barriers. We're not happy with ourselves. We're not at peace with who we are. And so I want to look at each of those areas this morning and just say, as we are preparing for the world becoming ever more frightening and, and uh, worrying and, and uh, distracting, do we really have this peace that the Lord wants us to have? Or are we just playing about, not really entering into the fullness of what the world of what Jesus is giving us that the world knows nothing about, that is un beyond our understanding, but it's there. So, first of all, horizontal barriers over us. Uh, 
Paul said to the Romans when they became Christians, we now have peace with God because the barrier between us and God has been broken. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We know we have eternal life. We are not afraid of meeting our maker. There is no concern about what God will say to us when we meet him. In fact, part of that peace is that we recognize there is a God. You cannot explain everything. You cannot explain the cosmos. You cannot explain the origin of life. You cannot explain any uh, of the things around us without recourse to a higher power, a greater being, the one we call God. And through the Bible, the best book that we can read, we learn so much about the nature of God his eternity, his purity, his holiness. The fact that within the Godhead there are these three people, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, moving in complete unity, but each with their areas of responsibility. The fatherhood of God, the one who has planned the whole of eternity and time and everything that has been made. Jesus Christ, the one for whom it was all created. And the Holy Spirit has brought it all about. Let me just mention, I might have done this here before, but just in case anybody finds this barrier, this horizontal barrier, is it, not allowing you to have peace with God because you don't understand the Trinity. There's a, a very simple little way, and there are many little ways of, of describing it, but supposing you wanna, uh, somebody wants to have a house built. There's going to be a house that needs to be built. You need three people to make sure that house gets built. You need the architect who's going to draw up all the plans and uh, put it all on paper. You've got the builder who's actually going to construct it according to the plans. But you've got the person for whom the house is going to be built. And you can't have two without the three. You can't have an architect and a builder because they'll get together and the architect will say, well, I can do some wonderful plans and the builder will say, and I can build it. But who's going to pay the bill? Who's it going to be for? You can't have the builder and the the owner of the house because the builder will turn to the owner and say, well, look, where's the plans? (laughs) You know, I, I don't know where to start. And if you have an architect and the owner, they can talk endlessly about a wonderful house but it needs a builder to come along and do it. And we have our Father God who inhabits eternity, who is spirit. And the trouble with the world today, they look at everything in terms of material and physical things and and, and fail to realize that there is a higher dimension, the dimension of the spiritual, which is eternal beyond time. Beyond space, beyond energy, beyond matter. And our Father God, the great architect, if you like, the originator of everything. There's the Holy Spirit who brought it all about, who constructed it and continues to instruct it as we've had in our readings. Who brings about God's purposes. But we have Jesus, the one for whom it is being built. The one by whom and for whom and through whom all things were made. The Lord of glory, 
the King of Heaven and Earth, as we sung in our opening hymn. And uh, not only that, not only has the great creation been made for Jesus, the Bible tells us, and we believe it, but he's paid the price with his own precious blood on Calvary's cross. He's purchased a bride, a people for himself. He's purchased the future glory of the whole creation, the renewed heaven and earth. And and, and so many people have a barrier between themselves and this God. And dear friends, we we tell you on the authority of Scripture that if we fail to recognize that there is a God who created everything and to whom we all owe an answer for the lives that we have, then there's going to be a barrier. There's going to be a fear. There's going to be a sense of, well, I hope I'll manage all right, but I don't know. And that's taking away our our peace, our shalom. But once we come to God, break the barrier down and say, I do believe. And it was through Jesus who came, the word made flesh, that we can understand God. You know me, you know my Father. And the Holy Spirit will come within you. And the fullness of the Godhead comes right alongside us. The barrier is broken, that horizontal barrier, and we have peace with God. Do you have that peace this morning, dear friend? Are you at peace with God? There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And we can understand the reason for everything, where it all came from, why it all happened. And where we're going as well. Life begins to make sense. And we know that when we finish this life on earth, we'll go to be with the Lord Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. We're coming back again with him, but that's for another day. But you know, even when we've come to know the Lord and we've come to peace with God and we enjoy walking with God and abiding in Christ we can still have a barrier between us and God, as Christians. What do you say? How's that? Well, sometimes we don't always like what God asks us to do. We're not always happy with the way he leads us. We're not always willing to do what he's asked us to do. We put up barriers. So, dear Christian friend, I wonder if You just feel there's a little bit of a barrier between you and God this morning. Maybe you don't like what he's doing in your life. You don't understand. We can even feel sometimes a little bit angry with God. Lord, you've healed so and so. Why haven't you healed my loved one? What's God playing at? It's put up a barrier. And we lose our spiritual life. And we're not at peace. The shalom is gone. Dear friends, if there's anyone here this morning and you're struggling in your relationship with God, oh, you love the Lord, and you know your sins are forgiven, and you know you have eternal life, but it's such a struggle on the way. You've lost your shalom in your relationship with God. And you know, times like that, we just need to come and say, Lord, forgive me my lack of faith. Forgive me my unbelief. Forgive me, Lord, for doubting you. After all, Father knows best. 
Lord, show me your way. Help me to accept your will. Help me to see the greater purpose in what you're doing in my life. Lord, may this barrier of unbelief and and a lack of understanding between us just melt away. And I'll say, thy will be done in my life as well as in heaven. That there's no barrier between us and God. But then we can have vertical barriers between us and other people. And um, you, you don't need me to tell you that there's not real shalom in our hearts. That real holistic peace. If we've got an issue with somebody else. It may be friends. Maybe in the family. Maybe in the church. Maybe at the place of work. Sometimes, you know, you just can't face getting up in the morning because of the difficulties we have with other people around us. And the Lord wants to break down those barriers that we have. Many years ago, it is many years ago now, before I went into full-time Christian ministry, I was working in a company. There were quite a number of Christians in this company. And a couple joined us, husband and wife, sort of, you know, middle-aged people, they both come to know the Lord through, I think it was um, Alpha, but I'm not quite sure, but what, whatever it was, it, they, they, they really come to know the Lord. Uh, but they were very Pentecostal. I I've got no problem with that at, at all. I, I move in the gifts of the Spirit. And um, they were full of it, like new converts are. <laughs> Puts us to shame sometimes. We've been in the Christian pathway for some time. And uh, <clears throat> I, we, we got to know them quite well. Rob and Yvonne, their names. And um, one Monday morning, they both, came, they both worked in this company, and they came in, and they were absolutely full of the joys of the Lord. <laughs> you know, they were, they, were, they were up here somewhere. And uh, <clears throat> we've had a wonderful weekend, you know, wonderful blessing, and so on and so forth. And some of us, where we're just continuing with churches and circumstances, which can be quite hard work, you know, I, I don't know why I didn't show a lot of enthusiasm or interest. I mean, after all, we were there to do some work. And um, so things passed on. Uh, eventually, I left that company, and, so did, and as far as I know, they did as well. Um, and it was some years later, the phone went one day at home. I think this was after I'd already gone into full-time Christian work. And it was Ivan on the phone. I recognized their voice. They were Welsh, actually, and I could recognize the, the lilt of her voice. Yvonne, lovely to hear you again. And, um, you know, how are you? How's Rob? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, <clears throat> she said, David, I've rung up to ask for your forgiveness. Forgiveness? Um, and she reminded me of that Monday morning. And she said, we'd had a wonderful weekend, and you really put a downer on it. You didn't seem to be interested at all. And we looked up to you uh, as a mature Christian, and, uh, oh, I thought terrible things about you, and I want you to forgive me for, for, for thinking such bad thoughts because you didn't show a lot of interest in our excitement and so on. Yvonne, I didn't even realize that. I'm, I, I, I'll apologize as well that I did that. So anyway, uh, we, we, we dealt with that. Quickly, uh, just for a few minutes, talked about other things, how we were getting on. And then she said, I must go now. I've got a whole list of people like this I've got to ring. And she was having a spiritual clear out. She was putting things right. Let me give you a, a, an even more serious example of this. 
I think it was back in the early 90s, I was doing a, some special services for um, a Baptist church. Um, and uh, they, they were going through some, some problems. And uh, I was rather gently suggesting they needed to be more free in the Holy Spirit. Didn't go down too well. And um, <clears throat> I was interrupted in the middle of the message by the pastor. And I won't mention any names. And he said, David, I, I, I don't like this sort of teaching and uh, don't see where it's going. Anyway, I just explained a little bit just to him personally uh, from the pulpit. And then we went on with it. He, he, he did come in for some real criticism from his deacons after that. But anyway, that, that, was, that was just something that happens. Again, some years later, I had a letter from that particular pastor who'd moved down to the south coast and retired. He said, David, it's been on my heart for years. I should not have done that. Please forgive me. You know, I admire that brother for doing what he did. He wanted to clear the barrier that was in his heart. And he wanted to know that I was clear of it as well. How many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times? <laughs> Seventy times seven. And the barriers can be there. And part of our Christian living has to be forgiveness and understanding and the ability to say sorry. And the ability to forgive and forget. And both those little examples I've given you. I admire those Christians that wanted to get rid of the, the vertical barriers between them and, in, my, in those cases, me. In their minds, in their hearts, and it had been some years. And it was spoiling their shalom. They weren't enjoying peace because they knew there was a barrier between them and a fellow Christian. Does this mess up our own lives? Somewhat. Are we filled with that wonderful sense of peace and shalom? Or is it spoilt by an issue with somebody else? Do you know what the Lord said? He said, when you're coming to bring your gift to the altar, your worship, you've got somebody against something else, put the gift down at the foot of the altar and go and put things right with your brother, with your sister. And then you can come back and worship properly because you'll be at peace. And then finally, those internal barriers. We're not happy in our own skin. We've got issues with ourselves. Maybe it's problems that go right back to childhood. Do you know, David, well, the last time I was here, actually, we looked at Psalm 23. And David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Why? The Lord was the only person that he could ever turn to. He said in Psalm 27, even if my father and my mother reject me, I have the Lord. And he knew all about rejection. He had it from his brothers when he took food to, to three brothers um, uh, fighting in Saul's army fairly close to the family farm and they didn't like him he was the youngest of eight brothers and he had a childhood of rejection that's not the only thing that can happen in our experience we can feel rejected 
lacking in love, lacking in people understanding, always left out, always the last to be chosen. There can be all sorts of issues that have molded our lives, our thinking, our character. And we're just not happy with ourselves. David said later in life, search me, O God, why am I still filled with so much anxiety? Very often some of the issues that we pick up in youth and childhood affect us right through life. Listen. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. The past has gone. The new has come. And dear friend, if you're subject to all sorts of inner feelings about your own life, you not like somebody else, you're comparing yourself with another person and they seem to have it much better than you do and there's this depression, this sense of inadequacy Jesus loves you Paul said he loved me and gave himself for me Jesus loves you just as you are and he wants to heal the hurts maybe of a broken childhood of all sorts of things that people have done and said to us or even Feelings that we've got about ourselves, that we've picked up as we've gone along. And wants to tell us we're loved by God. And to be at peace and accept ourselves as we are. We're not all the same. We've all got differences. And we've all got areas of need and areas of strength. The Lord has given us just what he wants, but he wants to take it. And sanctify it and glorify it and make us the person that he wants us to be for eternity. We are a work in progress. John said it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. But we shall see him as he is. I wonder, have you got that internal barrier with yourself? Oh, I'm no good. I can't do it. Other people are better than me. Dear friends, Jesus loves you just as you are. He wants to strengthen you and to heal you and to give you peace with yourself. And remove the barrier. And don't let it come back again. I want to put a postscript to this before we finish. You know, the, uh, the, the, the scripture says it's in Isaiah, but it's actually recorded in Romans as well. That um, blessed are the Feet of those who bring good news, those who bring peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Lord said in the Beatitudes, for they shall see God. If we know the value of shalom, if we know the joy of the peace that passes all understanding, that the Lord can give and the world knows nothing about, that we're at peace with God, not only we have a relationship with him through faith in Jesus and forgiveness of sins, but we also accept his, his will and his way in our lives, if we have made sure that there are no barriers with other people, we put matters right and we do so as we go along. If we have got peace within ourselves and we've, found, uh, and we've found the joy of the Lord showing his love for us, whoever we are and whatever state we're in, then don't we want that peace, that wonderful quality of shalom to be shared by other people? Don't we look on the world and see the broken families? 
those who are burdened with all the tragedies of what they've gone through? Don't we have that great desire in our hearts that others may know the peace that we have? Peace with God. Peace with other people. Oh, and when there are relationships so broken with arguments and violence and hatred and bitterness, don't we long that others will come into the peace? We can't keep it to ourselves, surely. There's that sense of wanting other people to have that peace. And that's what brings us the desire to go and tell others. You know, your problem is the barrier of sin and rejection and all the rest of it, but find your peace with God through faith in, in Christ. Find your peace with others as you go along, putting matters right between you and others. And realize again that Jesus loves you. It's the message of the gospel. And I've called this really the gospel of peace. May the Lord bless us all in these days when peace is so hard to get and so hard to hold on to that we will know the secret of shalom. No barriers with God, with others, with ourselves. And then we want to tell others as well to have peace with God. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Our closing hymn. <coughs>